I watched that video of the creation of that guitar, all I could think about was the thought, the intention, the desire, the design, the skill, the time, the purpose, the dream, and then ultimately, right, the enjoyment. (laughs) Through that whole thing for this guy just to be enjoying something so deeply that he made. So last weekend um, was birthday weekend in the Nelson home, and one of those birthdays was my oldest daughter, Mariah, turned 16. Yes, it's sweet 16 time. So uh, in our home, about seven years ago, about seven years ago, my dad popped over from Michigan, and he dropped a crate off into our garage. And, uh, and this, uh, finally, on Mariah's 16th birthday, she got to unpack this gift from her grandpa. And it was so precious to me, obviously, and to her. And what I love about this is this was completely his idea, right? And my dad, he actually built our home. <laughs> he designed and built a barn. My dad can basically do anything. But what I love about that is whenever he does, it always starts here. <laughs> he gets an idea. He has a vision for something. And then he actually has the skill to create it. And then after he's created it right, he has a purpose for it to bless my daughter. And that's kind of what we're looking at here today. So who are you? We're gonna talk about identity today. Who are you? Why are you here? Not not at K2, (laughs) lots of reasons why you might be here today. Why are you even on this planet? Why are you here? What is your reason? your cause, explanation, or justification for your existence. And as Jamie Winship was here a couple weeks ago and through our men's weekend, what is your identity? So here's a definition of identity. Identity is the fact of being who a person is. Who are you at your core? Where do you find your identity? Because here's what's true, you guys. How you answer that question What you believe about your identity, answer, that answer actually drives everything else that you do. (laughs) This question we're going to unpack for the next three weeks is at the core of how you're living your life. So who am I, right? I'm David Michael Nelson. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a friend. I'm a pastor. I so wanted to write down, I'm an athlete, and I'm a singer, because I used to be, baby, right? I don't know if I can do that now. I'm a, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm an athlete, and I'm a singer, just not as good as I once was. I'm an extroverted feeler. So what's interesting, usually if you go, who are you, and you start listing off things, you'll find that you usually will give a name first, and then the next things that come out are your relationships to other people. Somehow that defines who you are, your identity. Or it's a position that you hold or it's something that you're able to do. But then we kind of go a little bit deeper too. And this, this, is, this is not how we answer. If someone goes, hey, who are you? I'm a success. Right? Or, or hey, who are you? I'm a failure. 
But the truth is, behind what you put off for everybody else, when you think about who you are, some of you do, man, I'm a, I'm a success, I'm a failure. Some of you go, oh, I'm loved, and some of you go, I'm unlovable. Some of you go, I'm beautiful, and some of you go every morning, God, I'm just, I'm ugly. Some of you say, I'm wanted. Others of you say, I'm rejected. Some say, I'm organized. Some say, I'm unorganized. So when Jamie was here, he kind of unpacked. At our men's weekend, it was all about David and his identity. And then on Sunday morning, he talked to us about Paul. And here's what we know about David and Paul in the scriptures. They discovered who they were, and they lived out that reason, their reality, their identity. And so today, I want to start with something that they both believed at their core. David knew this, and so did Paul. And it's key, because how you actually live is completely tied to what you believe. So I just wanted to dive down and go, what did David and Paul believed that actually helped them find their identity? Here's what they believed. They believed that they were the result of another person's thought. They believed that they were the result of somebody else's intention, desire, design, purpose, dream, and enjoyment. They believed that they were created. That's what they knew. Somebody had an idea, somebody had the ability, and there was a reason for them. They believed they were created. Now, the majority of our world today, especially in higher education, doesn't believe that, right? We are faced all the time with the reality that many people believe that we are, that it's, you knew this, to the whole evolutionary process just by random, that there is not a creation. Now that's a different topic for another day, okay? In fact, we are actually going to hit some stuff on science after Easter, so be, be ready for that. But here's what I want to talk about today. Because I, my guess is that most of us who are in here today, maybe not all of you, I hope not all of you, but most of us would say, I believe that. But here's what I'm going to challenge you on. I think most of us actually know that we're created, but I'm going to challenge the fact that you actually believe it. So where do you find your identity? Where do you find your value, your significance, and your meaning? Do you believe that your relational status, your position, your ability, what you do defines you? Or does your creator define you? See, because if I'm created, if I'm a creation, this is true, if I'm, a, if I'm a creation, then there really is only one person who can actually tell me who I am and why I'm here. If we're created, you guys, we're actually dependent on him. And not only for our existence are we dependent on him, we're dependent on him to discover our being, our essence our purpose, and if there's a plan to our life, all right? So that's where I'm gonna go. And I'm actually, and I, um, uh, that's my intro, okay, good? There's seven minutes in, but I really do wanna pray. Our team got together and we prayed about this. I do think, all week long I actually struggled with this, and I thought, I'm gonna talk about the fact that we're created to a bunch of Christians. (laughs) And I just thought, you might be sitting here going, Dave, we already know this. I know, but I doubt if you actually believe it. 
Because if you believed it, you would live differently. But for us to believe it, we're actually gonna, God's gonna have to reveal something new to us because we've been stuck in something for a really long time. And if you're not free and full and vibrant and fully living out who you are, then this is something you still have yet to believe, okay? So let me just pray really quick for you and for us. God, come now and reveal your truth to us. Help our eyes of our heart to be enlightened so that we can know you better, so that we can understand our reality, so we can live in our identity, so we can be who you've created us to be. God, every person in here is so uniquely special to you, and I pray that you'd speak to every one of them perfectly. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. Revelation chapter four, verse 11 says this. You are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. God, you are worthy to receive. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to give you glory, all the power. I give it to you. Why? Because you created all things. And by your will, they were created. And they have their being. So let's unpack this. Everything is created by God but it's created by his will. By your will, they were created. What is someone's will? Okay, check out these definitions. The will is the faculty by which one decides on and initiates an action. I make a decision and I act on it. That's what God did when he created you. He decided and he acted to create you. A will is a deliberate or fixed, I love this, a will is a deliberate or fixed desire or intention. Like when you have a will, I, I have this will. That means you're desiring that something will happen. How cool is that, man? But by, by God's will, in other words, by his desire, he created you. He desired that you would exist. That's so cool. And then another definition of will is what one wishes or has determined shall be done. So God actually wished that you would be created and then he determined it. By the will of God, you are. It's his desire. You were created. So number one, I got four things there. What does that mean? Number one, that means that God has determined your existence. And I'll just be totally honest with you. Lots of times when I start my prayer time in the morning, I'll kick it off and I, I like to just get my heart, my mind in a rightful place. So lots of times I'll just start off and I'll just kind of declare who God is. And there are so many days where my morning will start off and I'll go, man, God, you're my creator. And I'll just stop. That's enough right there. <laughs> you're my creator. So when the scripture says you are worthy, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give to you glory and honor, power, praise, and worship. Why? Because, guys, this is so simple. Because if it wasn't for God, I don't even exist. Do you guys understand? Do you, do, see, that's what I'm saying. Do you ever think about that? That the fact that you are even on this planet is because of God. Your existence is dependent on him. And that right there should be enough to go, then, then praise you, man. Then I worship you. Then I look to you. Because I heard you're the only reason I'm even here. Isaiah 42.5 says this. This is what God the Lord says. 
the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. You know what's cool today? When you think about your identity, God is not only the creator of your life, he's the sustainer of your life. The only reason you have breath today is because God wanted to give it to you one more time. That's amazing. Do you live your life with this reality? Do you believe this with all your being that you owe your existence to God? It's the only reason you're here. He determined that you would be. That's awesome. Number two, God has determined your essence. God has determined your essence. David, let's go to David now, right? So he lived out his identity, and as, as uh, Jamie was teaching us, as warrior, poet, king. He was a warrior, poet, king, and he lived out that identity. But what did David believe? Look at Psalm 139, uh, verse, uh, starting with verse 13. David says, you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So what's he, what does David believe? How did he find his identity? He's like, who I am at my core, my inmost being. Now, if you look up the Hebrew word there, it means kidneys. <laughs> okay? I don't think that's what David, you made my kidneys. Okay, I don't think that's what he's talking about. It meant the deepest part of who you are. And so it's your, the seed of your emotion, it's your affection, it's your DNA, it's your Myers-Briggs, you guys, right? On the K2 app, we actually have a test that you can take that'll help you to discover how you're hardwired. And I remember the first time I took that test, please, if you've never done this, hop on our app and actually take the personality assessment that's on there, it's free. I remember the first time I took it, I was in college. And they gave us our results back. And when I read my, I grabbed the paper like this, I started reading it, and then I was like, and I started, I'm like, how do you know this about me? It was unbelievable. And once you, once you realize, is what David realized was, I'm just made this way, and you are the one who created my inmost being, my DNA of how I'm wired. He goes on to say, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is fascinating to me. You know what the word wonderfully, when he says, for you, but you have, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Hebrew word there is pala, and what it means to be distinct, marked out, separated, and distinguished. That's fascinating. What David was realizing was, I am, and this is cool, he knows I am wonderfully made. I am distinctly made, uniquely made. There is no other being on this planet like me. And God is the one who actually fashioned me to be that way. And I want to tell you, man, I don't know about you, but my three kids, they did all come from Susie and I. They did. And one's redhead, and one's blonde, and one's brown. I always said we got Neapolitan in our home. 
And not only do we have Neapolitan on their head, they are so unbelievably different. I mean, you can, and, and it's like they were conditioned in the same home. They were brought up with the same mom and dad, and they are so distinguished, so unique. It's such a joy as a parent to figure out the mystery of who they are. They were wonderfully made. You, you, every one of you were wonderfully made by God, and he determined your essence. And then he goes, your works are wonderful. And that word, just a slight shift, means marvelous, to be surpassing, to be extraordinary. Man, here's what I know. There's not many of you who walked into this room today feeling extraordinary. There's not many of you who walked in this room and say, man, I am wonderful. (laughs) Right? I, I, I didn't even think about this. I told, this you, I told you guys this about a year or two ago. But when I was eight years old, I used to call myself David the Great. <laughs> I, just, I, I just believed it, man. My mom loved me, man. She just made me feel like 100 bucks. And I actually believed that I was great. And then everything else in the world has been trying to tell me, no, you're not. Right? No way, baby. You have been determined by God and you are wonderfully made. You are unsurpassed. You are marvelous. Then he goes on, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. So he goes, not just your DNA, not just your essence, not just your personality or whether you're extroverted or introverted or feeler or thinker, not just that, even your physical DNA, your physical body. None of us got to go, I'd like to be six foot one and have it, you know, none of us got to say anything about the eye choice, the facial expression, none of that. God determined it. So who are you? Are you extroverted or introverted? Are you organized or are you spontaneous? Are you naturally gifted in music or athletics or engineer or a writer? Here's what's true, you guys. You're a creation with a creator. You are God's idea. You are his wish, his desire, and his design. It's like God just said, I want one of those. I want one of those. I want one of these. So he thought of you and he created you wonderfully, unlike anybody else. Here's my question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, then you can enjoy who you are. And that's my question. I don't, how many of you don't even enjoy who you are? You look in the mirror and you go, hey, God, I would like a second order, you know? I'd like to retry this thing. But when you realize that you're God's idea, it changes. Do you believe it? And here's the other thing. Not only can you enjoy who you are, you can enjoy who others are. You can now enjoy your spouse. You can enjoy your kids. You can enjoy your cranky boss. You can enjoy everybody because you can look at them and go, you are wonderfully made and you can get to know him. Number three, God has determined not just your essence, he's determined your plan. This is awesome. Do you believe this? David continues in verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. 
All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know, it's interesting, that word ordain, again, in the Hebrew, what it actually means is to form or to fashion as a potter or a sculptor, as an artist. David's got the same thought going on, and now what he's saying is, not only did you form my inner being, not only did you form my physical structure, you actually formed my days. Before one of them came to be. That's amazing. I think this is where, now let's jump to Paul, right? Because this is what, what Jamie was sharing with us two weeks ago is Paul found his identity. He found his purpose on this life. But what did Paul say in Galatians 1, 15 and 16? He says, but when God, who set me apart, what does that mean? It means to be made unique and distinct and distinguished. He set me apart. He was, when God says, I set you apart, he goes, when God set me apart from my mother's womb, and he called me by his grace and was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Here's what Paul knew. In my mom's womb, when I was being knit together, when I was being fashioned, God was already setting me apart. And when it pleased him, you guys remember? What is, it? what is a definition of the will? It's the will, the definition is, when you find desire or intention. So you can see God, he's like, oh my God, this is gonna be so fantastic. I'm gonna create this guy, Paul, and he's gonna have unbelievable intellectual capability. And then I'm gonna ordain his days. I'm gonna form his days. I'm gonna have him be right in the very place where the son of God will be born. And I'm gonna get him into the best schools of Judaism and all the stuff that Jamie shared with us. See, God was up there going, I am fashioning him for a reason, why? So that, there it is, oh, the verse, so that, there's will again. When God was creating Paul, he set him apart. He desired, he had pleasure in creating him exactly as he wanted him to be, so that, and he had a purpose, and there's your will again. He was determining what should be done with this creation of his. All the days ordained for Paul were written in the book before one of them came to be. Okay. God apparently has a plan for your life. Do you believe that? This is one I wish I could sit one-on-one -on -one with most of you because this is what you may know, and I'm telling you, it's so hard to find people who actually believe this. Do you believe at your core that God has formed and ordained your days and that he has a plan for you, that you are God's idea, you are his wish, his desire, his design. God was saying, I want one of those so that. Have you found your so that? Can you sit here with confidence today going, I am living out God's plan for my life? Man, do you believe that? Or do you think that you need to find your life? 
Do you believe that God has determined a plan for you or do you think that you have to find your life? See, because almost every human being on this planet is searching to find their identity, searching to find your meaning, searching to find what's going to fulfill you. And this is where I want to say, Christian, there are way too many Christians who know this passage. It's a very popular passage, Psalm 139. You know what it says. You know it says that God has ordained, but do you believe it? Because if you believed it, you would live differently. And if you're going to find your identity, if this is true, because if this is true, that God has his plans for you, then there's only one thing you actually need to find. It's your creator. You got to be able to hear from your creator. The one who thought of you, formed you for a purpose. And that's why we're spending three weeks on this identity thing, and then we're going to spend four weeks after it on how can you hear the voice of God telling you who he created you to be. Because until you know your identity, until you know the plans that God has for you, you are trying to find your life. And that's not what we're supposed to do, man, because we were created by him. Last one is this. God has determined your purpose. Everybody wants to find my purpose. God has determined it. Colossians 1, 16 and 18 says this. For in him, for in Christ, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him, and everybody say this, through him and for him. So there we are right there. Why are you here? Why are you on this planet? Because you were created in him. See, there's, there's nothing that you can see that's been created that didn't start inside here. Every chair had a design, and somebody thought of it. They designed it. Right? This microphone, somebody designed it. They thought of it. Why are you here? Because you're God's idea. He thought of you, and then he actually created you. But why are you here? For him. You're actually on this planet for God. What's my purpose? It's God. Why do you have the essence that you do? God knows. What are your days formed for? God knows. Nobody else knows. Myers-Briggs doesn't know. Nobody knows but you. But God knows. You're created in him, through him, and for him. So again, we go back to Revelation 4, and it says, that's why you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive from me glory, and honor, I'm gonna put you above everything else. You alone, God, are worthy, why? Because you are my creator. And you created me for a reason and for a purpose, and I'm living, struggling, trying to find out what that is. So I gotta make sure that nothing else on this planet is as worthy of God, of my absolute devotion. By your will, right? Things were created by your desire, by your intention, by your decision, God. I exist, and I have my being. So you are worthy of my pursuit and my worship and my devotion. See, now, this is, now, this is why I wanted to get so the rubber hits the road. 
if that's true, then why are you not absolutely secure in your identity? If that's true, why are you freaking out so much when things don't go the way that you want them to go? Why are you freaking out if a person or a job or your health or anything else that defines you because you know that you're created, but you don't believe it? If you believed that God and God alone knows why you're here, you would go after him with everything you've got. And when you did, you'd find your life. So why don't we do it? Here's the answer. The Bible, I love the Bible, has an answer for this. <laughs> Romans 1. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Now, there's lots of different things that we can exchange the truth. What's the truth about God? See, some people have said there is no God. <laughs> so as, you, as soon as you say there is no God, okay. Well, now you're totally up. You've you got to go ahead and figure it out yourself. You've got to figure out your own purpose and your meaning and why you should be here on this planet. But some of you, they, they exchange the truth about God. There is a God, but he's not interested or involved in my life. And some of you right now, man, you believe there's a God. But man, you're living like it's up to you to figure this thing out and to make yourself significant and to prove to everybody else that you're valuable and worthy of love because apparently he's not actually involved for some, there is a God, but he, he does not hold the answer to my identity, my purpose, or fulfillment. Look, can we just be really honest? You actually think that your job or your relational status or what you own proves, says who you are. God doesn't actually do that. There is a God. Here's another lie that we exchanged. There is a God, but real fulfillment is not found in him. Real fulfillment is found in other things. So we devote ourselves to those. We pursue them with everything we've got. Because man, if I'm successful, I finally found who I am. So we give ourselves to that. If I have the right relationship. Look at this verse, man. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Look at this. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised, amen. Here's my question for you. What do you worship and serve? The answer to that question is different for all of us, but the answer to that question is what you devote your time to, what you devote your energy to, what you give your resources to, you worship things and you serve things because you believe that's where I'm going to find my identity. That's where I'm going to find my significance. That's who I am. And what are you serving and worshiping? Created things. So some of us are like, man, I'm single. I need to be married. Okay? I'm a husband. Guess what? That means she's my wife. What is Susie? She is a created thing. Is that right? So if I find my identity as a husband, if that's the meaning of my life, and today God decides to take her home and she's gone, what happens? What happens? I'm a dad. What happens if you lose your son or your daughter? 
You know what happens? All of a sudden, if you worship and serve created things, and you get your identity from that, and they're gone, people's lives are devastated. Now, should I love my wife, and do I? Yes. Would I weep and mourn and wail? Yes. And the same thing true with my kids. But I'm more than a husband and a dad. For some of you, there's, there's other things. Because here's what's true. You hear about being a dad and a husband. You can be a good one or a bad one. <laughs> and if you're a bad dad or a bad husband, it's like, well, that's my identity. I'm like, I'm a loser. Right? And some of you feel like a loser because you can't do your identity very well. And other people can like you. Your kids can like you. They cannot like you. <laughs> okay, so now let's go to who you are. Who are you? I'm a pastor. I'm a business owner. I'm a lawyer. I'm a teacher. You name it. If somebody says, who are you? You will tell people what you do. Same problem. It's a created thing. And you can be good at that or you can be bad at that. People can receive it or they can reject it. And what you do can be taken away at any time. Is that your identity? No, man, there's more to it. Don't worship and serve a created thing. And then for some of us, it's not your position, but it is what you do. I'm a singer. I'm an athlete. I'm beautiful. You are totally relying on the sum ability that you have. You're funny. You're smart. And you can be good at that or bad at that. People can receive it or they can reject it, and it can be taken away at any time. If you worship and serve and devote yourself to created things, you will constantly be on a search, and you'll never find your true identity. But if you worship and serve and devote yourself to your creator, who says you are, he who says you are, that can never be taken away. What God says you are cannot be taken away by any relationship, by any position, by any ability. It's deeper than that. And you know what's cool about that? Not only can it not be taken away, what other people say about you doesn't matter. You, what God says about you. Who can tell you who you are when you've heard God say, this is who you are? He's the only one who knows. So, so how do you find it? Let's close with this. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew 10, 39. He says, whoever finds their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What's he saying? If you're trying to find your life, if you're in control of your identity, if you're finding your identity in anything else, and it's up to you, you're the final decision maker, and this is who I am. He says your essence, your purpose, your identity, if you're trying to find it, eventually you're gonna lose it. But then he says, but if you lose your life, why were we created? What's our purpose? For him. If you lose your life for your creator, if you quit looking to created things, and, and actually, most of all, yourself. Did you guys know you're created? <laughs> and most of us are trying to follow our heart <laughs> to find our identity. 
And the Bible says the heart is so wicked, it's just going like this all over the place. And you're like, oh, but who am I? I don't, but I feel great. I don't feel good. I, but this satisfies me. It doesn't satisfy me anymore. Now I need this person. And now, no, she doesn't work anymore. I need this. Are you kidding me? If you're trying to find yourself in a created thing and you're created, God is trying to rescue you from that and saying, come on, chill. Chill. Lose your life for me and believe you were created, that you're only here because of God, and only he knows who you are, your being, and your identity. So, we're gonna close the service today, and, uh, and try, I'm, just get ready for this. Um, we're, we're gonna do this every week. I think one of the greatest things that we learned from Jamie a couple weeks ago is this whole idea that you need to, if, if any change is actually gonna happen inside your heart, then the first thing that you have to do is you have to actually tell God the truth about what's going on inside of you, okay? Jamie called it confession. Now, I didn't, the only reason I didn't want to use that word, but because it is true, but most of us, when we think about confession, we go, I got to tell God everything I did bad. Confession is actually just telling God the truth. And you have to get your truth out to him so that God can actually replace it with his truth. So would you guys, let's just do this. We're gonna practice this now in these next couple months as we start to learn how to hear from God. So go ahead and just close your eyes. And this is so cool, man. This is just between you and him. And what I want you to do is I want you to tell God right now the truth about what you, what's going on inside of you based on what you just heard. So for some of you, it could be, God, I needed to tell you, man, I don't even believe you exist. Tell him that. I don't believe that you created me. For some of you, your truth might be, I'm really struggling God with who you've made me to be. Or I don't believe that you have a plan for me, God. If, listen, man, if you don't believe that God has a plan for you, then tell him that. Tell him the truth about what you believe about him. If you actually really believe that your identity is based on what you do and how well you perform and you are so caught up in that, then tell him significant. I don't think I'm loved. I don't think I'm worthy. You tell God right now the truth about what you believe about him and the truth about how you see yourself.
just ask God, hey God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know about what I heard today? What do you want me to know as my creator? And just what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What are you thinking? What thoughts is he bringing to your mind? God, you tell me what you want me to know. desire for us to understand that we are your creation, that we are here because you desired us, because you thought of us, that you are, that we are your idea and you are so pleased with who you've created us to be. Thank you for letting us know that you do have plans and you do have a purpose for every one of us in this room. And we just ask that you would move in us and help us to come to that place of clearly being able to receive from you and hear from you who we really are. So here's what I know. Some of you this morning, you may be far from experiencing the goodness of God. You just, or you may be devoted to created things instead of your creator. But here's what, here's, here's what I, the band right now, they're just going to play a song. When we were talking about this, it's almost like we just want to play this song over you. You just soak this in and you remember, hey, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter anything, God's arms are so wide open to you and Jesus is constantly saying, come man, I created you. I want you to live out who I created you to be. He is so for you. So just rest and enjoy and soak this in.